0: Pastor Chris's podcast. So it is our tradition here at Pleasant Grove. We started a number of years ago that at the beginning of each new year we would have a time for a state of the communion address. It is a blatant ripoff of the president of the United States, who does the same thing. I think he does his in February, so we try to beat him to the punch. And uh, but we use it as a time to look back on the highlights from the previous year. And to look forward at our hopes for the coming year. But before we get into that, I want to listen to the word of God and hear what he might speak to us on this occasion. The the passage I want to read today is from Exodus chapter 18 and we'll read verses 14 through through 26. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he asked... What are you really accomplishing here? Why are you trying to do all this alone while everyone stands around you from morning until evening? Moses replied, Because the people come to me to get a ruling from God. When a dispute arises, they come to me, and I am the one who settles the case between the quarreling parties. I inform the people of God's decrees and give them his instructions. This is not good, Moses' father-in-law exclaimed. You're going to wear yourself out, and the people too. The job is too heavy a burden for you to handle all by yourself. Now listen to me, and let me give you a word of advice. And may God be with you. You should continue to be the people's representative before God, bringing their disputes to him. Teach them God's decrees, and give them his instructions. Show them how to conduct their lives. But select from all the people some capable, honest men who fear God and hate bribes, appoint them as leaders over groups of 1,150 and 10. They should always be available to solve the people's common disputes, but have them bring the major cases to you. Let the leaders decide the smaller matters themselves. They will help you carry the load, making the task easier for you. If you follow this advice, and if God commands you to do so, then you will be able to endure the pressures... And all these people will go home in peace. Moses listened to his father in law's advice and followed his, instru- his suggestions. He chose capable men from all over Israel and appointed them as leaders over the people. He put them in charge of groups of 1,150, and 10. These men were always available to solve the people's common disputes. They brought the major cases to Moses, but they took care of the smaller matters themselves. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Moses was a prophet of Israel, had a heavy burden to bear, to lead the Hebrew people out of slavery into the promised land. These were people who had lived as slaves under the rule of the Egyptian empire for 400 years. For 400 years, their slave masters told them, what to do, and when to do it. But then God sent ten plagues to show the Egyptians and the Israelites and everyone throughout all the world, throughout all time, that the God of the one true God, Yahweh, the God of Israel, is superior to the false gods and idols of the Egyptians. And through these plagues, he forced the Egyptians to let the people Israel go they escaped as God split the Red Sea and they walked through on dry land to their freedom on the other side. But now that they were free, they were a free people, but they still had to learn how to live as a free people. Can you imagine trying to coordinate and organize this unruly mob who had always had slave masters to force them to do what they had to do, but now it's just one man, Moses, Trying to lead them. And Moses' father in law, and I love his name, Jethro. This, wasn't there a guy in the Beverly Hillbillies that was named Jethro? It always seems like such a, you know, a, <laughs> what a hick name or a redneck name or whatever, but it's from the Bible, Jethro, the father in law, Moses' father in law. He saw how hard Moses was working, and he knew this was too much for one man to bear. His wise advice was that he should delegate the administrative task to capable leaders among the people. Moses should concentrate on being the people's representative before God and teaching them God's decrees and showing them how to conduct their lives. But Jethro advised Moses to delegate so many of the day-to-day administrative tasks of managing the community. Delegate that to capable and honest community leaders. That was wise advice for Moses. It's wise advice for any organization, large organization, or for the church. How do we manage all of the business of our organization? And this is the model that the Methodist church is built upon. It's where actually we get our name, Methodist, because we are so methodical in the way that we approach doing the business of the church. Rather than one person making all of the decisions, whether it be the pastor or someone else, the work of the church is divided up in the Methodist church amongst various committees. Our church as a Methodist church, just like all other Methodist churches that are being faithful to their tradition and their polity, We have a number of committees. We have a trustees committee that oversees the uh, maintenance of the property of our church. We have a finance committee that oversees and watches to make sure that the, the money is being managed properly and making decisions about that when needed. We have an HR committee, which several years ago I actually renamed that committee to HR because everybody was always wondering and asking, what is an SPRC committee, what is that? And I thought, well, let me make it easy. It's the HR committee, the Human Resources Committee. Everybody knows what that is. Good luck. Now everybody asks me, you know, what is the HR committee? It's like, it's the SPRC committee. So good luck. I I just, I failed at trying to simplify things. But that's what we have. The HR committee oversees the paid staff of our church. Then we have a nominations committee that, nominates different people to serve in the various committees. And we have a church council, which oversees the overall business of the church. All of those different committees report to the church council so that you know all of the different parts are communicating with each other. And the church council makes the, is sort of the overall business committee of the church that makes church decisions. Now, we have a lot of committees, and sometimes people will complain. They will say, we just have too many committees. seems like we're always having a committee meeting about something. And I understand it. You know, it, it gets to be a lot sometimes managing the business of the church. And it's not always the most fun thing to do a committee, to be on a committee and do that business. Um, but, you know, most committees meet once a month. Try, trustees, finance meet once a month. The Human Resources Committee meet, has met as needed, but I think their goal this year is to meet quarterly, so they'll be meeting more often, but still quarterly is only once every three months. Church Council is about the same. Nominations typically meets once or twice a year. So, uh, But the problem is some people will be on multiple committees, and so now they have a monthly meeting for this and a monthly meeting for that, and next thing you know, it feels like they're meeting all the time. Then you have special meetings that might be called, And um, too many committees, but what is the alternative? Now, some churches, non-Methodist churches, don't have committees. For them, decisions are all made by the pastor, or might be made by a handful of, like a small, like board of directors that make decisions. That has its benefits, because one person can make a decision really fast and get things done. And a handful of people, same kind of thing. The problem is and this is sometimes that works really well, but there are also a number, numerous churches that operate by that model that get into real trouble real fast. Because anytime you put that much power into one pastor or into one board of directors, there's chance for corruption. What is this expression? Power corrupts. Yeah. And ultimate power corrupts ultimately. We spread things out amongst more people. We try to give more people from our congregation the ability to be involved in doing the business of the church. It's also an important part of our disciple-making process. People don't think about that. Think, well, I'm on the trustees committee because the church needs people to be on the trustees committee and they got this work that needs to be done. That's true but it is also a way for you to grow closer to Christ. Um, Sometimes the work of a committee could be very difficult, very uncomfortable, but it's not just important for the sake of doing business, it's a chance to grow closer to Christ. Because just coming, it's great and it's fun. Wouldn't church be great if all you had to do was come and sing pretty songs and hear things that make you feel good about yourself? And you didn't have to do the hard work. But so much of the growth comes through the hard work behind the scenes. And that is a chance. That's one of the ways that we help methodically people to grow closer to Christ. Well, we're going to talk about some of the different leaders in our church. And we're going to pray for them at the close of the service. But before we get to that, I want to look back at last year and then look forward to the coming year let's take a minute to look back at some of the things we did last year because you know as you go through it's so easy to forget I mean do you remember what you were doing in January of last year what the church was doing I can tell you what the church was doing in February of last year we had the Super Bowl service and coach Matt Land came and spoke at our church and our church was full of people that wanted to come hear him, and he spoke about Christ. And so many people who wouldn't have normally come to church came because they wanted to hear Coach Matt Land. And in February of last year, we also had our Valentine's Sweetheart Banquet. Now, something about that that I don't want to go without being noticed. That was the first time we'd had the Sweetheart Banquet since the start of covid so even though COVID seems like, well, that was a long time ago, but last year we spent so much time still trying to restart so many of our programs after the effects of COVID. One of those was the Sweetheart Blank Banquet, having us come back together in person for that meal. Also... In March, we had our first ever car show cruise in. This parking lot out here was slam full. There wasn't a parking space left full of classic cars and one old, dumpy, rusty-looking truck, mine. And, um, but it was a wonderful time for us to come together. We had a full parking lot of cars and people showing them. We had hundreds of people from our community that came to look at them. And of course, we were out there with so many volunteers mingling with them and hosting them. Um, Again, that was an event that was scheduled for 2020 that we had to cancel, and we were not able to reschedule it and get it going again until 2022. But it was a victory to have that event. In 2020, our children's ministry struggled It is something that we have struggled with ever since COVID began in 2020. Our children's program was actually growing and thriving when COVID struck. We had new families coming. um, We had more children that were coming. But then all of a sudden, it was not safe for us to have them together. And so we had to back off of so many of our things. And we have struggled to get that started, not only Has it been a struggle because the events had been canceled, but our volunteers, a list of volunteers have been sort of decimated. In February of 2020, we had a a whole page of volunteers that were serving in the nursery on a monthly basis and teaching Sunday school and uh, helping with children's church. But then, because of COVID, that all disappeared. And it's been a struggle to try to get people back involved. But we did have some victories despite those difficulties in 2020. We had our first ever Easter egg hunt since the beginning of the pandemic. We got people back together and we had a community Easter egg hunt with a number of children here from our community. We also resumed vacation Bible school for the first time since it was canceled in 2020 due to covid and that was a victory as well we resumed we we were able to continue having a trunk or treat since 2020 but it was a drive-through event and this past year we switched back to a walk-through event and i know that so many people were appreciative of that in our church and in our community Our youth group, middle and high school students, thrived throughout the year under the capable leadership of Amy Harris. We appreciate Amy so much as our youth minister, and she continued to keep these kids moving along and doing great things. They took a number of trips this year. I know they went to, is it the Tribulation House or the uh, Hell's Gate? We took our kids to Hell's Gate. And brought them all back closer to Jesus because of it. And they went on summer extreme trip. They, uh, they, t- they took a, a trip to one of our church members' homes to clean up their yard, help them clean up their yard. Um, they also volunteered at the Miracle Field, which was wonderful to see all of the kids out there volunteering with the disabled kids who were playing baseball. It was Fun for, the, for those that were playing baseball. It was fun for our kids, and it was a definite chance for them to grow closer to Christ. And uh, I know that I'm leaving out a whole bunch of things, but uh, talk to Amy, and she will be, love to share with you all of the wonderful things that our kids did last year. Unfortunately, I don't have time to name them all because y'all want to get out of here and go eat lunch. So I'll move on. We started a community garden in 2020. The Girl Scout troop that has been meeting at our church for a number of years came to us and said, we would like to build six raised beds and offer them for anyone that wants to grow a garden. And they did that, and a number of volunteers from our church helped build them using leftover material from the roof that came off of the Promise Building, which was another thing that we did last year. We replaced the roof on our Promise Building and replaced the roof on our Scout Hut. And we replaced an air conditioner in the Promise building as well. But those were built, and those will be available again. I know it's cold now, but spring is just around the corner. If you'd like to grow some vegetables, see me, and we will get you set up out there. The Boy Scout program has thrived in this past year. Um... Their numbers have exploded. They had so many boys coming to participate in Boy Scouts that they wouldn't all fit up in the Scout Hut anymore. So they had to start having some of them meet in the Promise Building, which is wonderful to see the Promise Building being used on a weekly basis. Uh, Frank, how many Boy Scouts you got coming out there now? Right Right at 40 and just renewing the charter for the new year. So wonderful to see... So many Boy Scouts coming and being blessed. Uh, it, it's a great program and we appreciate Frank coordinating those efforts and all of the volunteers that participate in that. On Wednesday nights, we had a Roman soldier come all the way from the first century in Jerusalem to visit with us and tell us what it was like to be a Roman soldier when Jesus was alive. We also went through seasons one and two of the Chosen series, which has been a great thing, and we're starting season three, or we started it this past Wednesday. Come join us. We also had a series called the Faith and Community Series where people from our community came out and shared about their faith in Jesus Christ and how it guides them as they work in various places in our community. As a part of that uh, Kelsey Eichard was a speaker, Jason Denson was one of our speakers, Sherry Dixon was a speaker, uh, Senator Chuck uh, Payne I want to say Chuck Bell Chuck Payne was a, a visitor speaker, and uh, several others as well. In July this past summer, we had a town hall meeting where we discussed the future of Pleasant Grove and our association with the United Methodist denomination. Based on that well-attended meeting and surveys that were given um, and received anonymously from people in our congregation, the overwhelming majority of the consensus was that the church should pursue disaffiliation from the United Methodist Church. And so we have been embarked for the last six months on that process. It's a long and difficult process, and it's also a process that has a lot of roadblocks that are being put up so we're working through that and we need your prayer as we do that we have um, we also have created two committees See, we love committees so we created a disaffiliation team to work the process of disaffiliation and we created a, an affiliation team to look into the future at what our future affiliation should be should we decide to complete the disaffiliation process. In October, not October, in November, we had homecoming and revival with Tom Atkins. You remember the great spirit that was moving in our church as we met together? In November, Becky Haley did a wonderful job leading us in Operation Christmas Child to collect 148 boxes for Operation Christmas Child. I think that is the most that we've ever collected in the last decade that we've been doing it. In December, we had the Christmas Songs and Scenes, an original Christmas production by the choir under the direction of David Crawford, and it was a wonderful thing for us to enjoy hearing the Christmas story. And then we ended the year with 168 people attending our Christmas Eve service. And um, for the sake of time, I don't have time to go through and list every single grant that we, we gave out for Operation Mercy Drops. But please pick up one of these sheets that are in the narthex that Selena Weed put together. It details. 12 grants that we have given away this past year, 12 grants totaling $12,000, six hardship grants to help people who are experiencing an, uh, a difficult hardship in their life, four service awards to help community organizations like FCA and uh, Footprints on the Heart that serves Um, families who have lost a baby that was born prematurely. And we gave away two merit awards to honor people who have lived a faithful life and are doing the work of Christ. Those are wonderful grants, and please pick that up and read through that. You will be blessed to see all of the ways that our church has helped those people. And to be reminded that you can sponsor someone if you have a neighbor or a friend, a coworker who needs a hardship grant, or if you know someone you would like to honor, or if you know of an organization that would be blessed to receive a $1,000 grant from our church, please consider sponsoring someone for Operation Mercy Drops. We will continue that program in the coming year. So those are some of the highlights from last year. I uh, encourage you to take some time to look back through our Facebook posts and things like that just to remember and to praise God for them. Now as we look forward to the coming year, I want to highlight four main things that I want to look to. Number one, we are going to start next Sunday. We are going to combine our worship services back into one worship service. So we will no longer have the early service at 9 o'clock. We will have this service at 1055, and everyone will meet together in one place. We will continue the online service, so those of you that are joining us online, rest assured that that is going to continue to be a service that is available, and we hope that you will continue to join us. And if any of you who are here in the sanctuary, when you are on vacation, or you are out of town, or you are sick and not able to be here, we encourage you to join us for the online service. So That will be an important part. So we will start that next week. Um, We just feel that it's the right time to do it, it's safe to do it, and it will bring more unity to our congregation. Also, because the Christmas cantata, the way we we did it, was so successful, uh, David is planning a, a similar styled Easter cantata where we will include families from our church, telling the story of Easter, reading from the scriptures the story of Easter as the choir performs their music. So I'm excited about that. The choir began rehearsing for that this last Wednesday. If you'd like to sing in the choir, uh, come join us. If you would like to have a part in that program, maybe reading a scripture, let David know. I know he's going to be looking for volunteers, so why don't you just go ahead and beat him to it and offer yourself and say, I'd like to be a part of that. Third, we are going to focus on children's ministry this year. We have really, as I told you, we've struggled with children's ministry since COVID began. It has been a very strong disruption in our, um, our ability to minister to children. But we are coming back. We've made some progress. We're going to make a lot more progress this year. As part of that, um, we are going to, I think I was talking with Elaine, maybe about getting some training, about how to have a successful children's ministry, how to get more children coming to the church. So we're going to be working with that. We are also going to need volunteers, lots of volunteers, because it cannot be done by one person. It takes the whole church focusing on it. Um, Also exciting as part of that, uh, David and Amy Crawford have had an idea They got inspired at Vacation Bible School this past summer. They had so much fun doing the puppets during Vacation Bible School. They said, why can't we have more puppet ministry throughout the year? And so if you haven't had a chance, go upstairs above the fellowship hall and go down and look at the first classroom on the left. They have been busy working for over a month now, building a set in there where they can do puppet ministries. So they have a kind of a vision about maybe taking the kids, um, sometimes on Sunday, instead of having children's church, have them do a puppet time with them there. But we need some extra hands to work the puppets. So if you'd like to participate in that, see Amy or David, David Crawford. Last thing that we're going to continue working through this year is the disaffiliation process. This is something that we believe is what our congregation wants. We believe that it is what God wants for us to, um, for God's vision for Pleasant Grove is to, to be faithful to scriptures according to a traditional understanding of scripture. And so we feel that in order to do that, the best way to do it is to break free from the United Methodist Church. We will continue that process. However, there are some difficulties that are involved with that. On December the 28th, the bishop of the North Georgia Conference announced a pause to the disaffiliation process, that they would not receive any more requests for that vote uh, in order to disaffiliate. Now, That was a very interesting time for the bishop to make that announcement because her last day as the bishop of our conference was December the 31st. So she's no longer our bishop. We have a new bishop as of January 1st. But her edict was that the churches would have to wait until it is decided what to do with no um, specific date given as to when that process can restart. However... There are a number of churches that are uh, coordinating together on what is the churches that are wishing to pursue disaffiliation or vote about disaffiliation or to disaffiliate. Those churches are coordinating together and how we should respond to this conference roadblock. Information about that will be forthcoming when it is appropriate to share it. But work is being done behind the scenes on what to do. Both uh, uh, several different options as to how to move forward. We have been asked to be in prayer, serious prayer, and fasting as we prepare for that. So uh, we invite you to join with hundreds of other Methodists around North Georgia who are participating in the Fast and pray, prayer. Choose one day per week when you could fast and pray. If you don't feel comfortable fasting from food, you could, you could fast from something else like using uh, social media or watching television. Fast one day a week, any day of your choice. My day will be Tuesday, from Tuesday night till Wednesday night. Pick up one of those flyers and, and sign up on the sign-up sheet out there. It will be very important that we get our hearts right with God and that we stay in tune with what God is leading us. As we move through this process, whether it is easy or whether it is difficult, as it seems that it will be at this moment, we want to make sure that we are on the right page with God and that our attitudes are right, even if... um, we feel like other people's attitudes aren't. We can't control what other people can do, but we can control what we do. And the first thing we need to do is make sure we are, we are walking God's path and not our own. So I invite you to please partake in that. As we come to the conclusion of the message, I want to end by asking you to pray for all of the leaders of our church. I want to... Um, Be thankful for the leaders who served in the past year. Um, What we have been able to do was accomplished in large part by their efforts. But we also need to pray for those who will be serving in the coming year. So I want to take just a moment to quickly read the list of the leaders who are serving in 2023. Again, there is a, a document in the Narthex that has all of those names. And I hope that you'll pick it up so you know who is who. And so that you can pray for them by name. But we're going to pray for them by name right now. So let me read these leaders' names. First, there's the church council. And the chairperson of the church council is Tom Dixon. Vice uh, Vice chairperson, Mike Wilson. Secretary, Amy Harris. Treasurer, Jeff McDonald. Finance chairperson, Kevin Roberts. HR chairperson, Elaine McDonald. Trustees Chairperson Marcus Blaylock, Pastor Chris Mullis, Lay Leader Jason Denson, Assistant Lay Leader Bill Kaler, Lay Delegate to Annual Conference Mike Wilson, Marketing Specialist Donna Phillips, Youth Minister Amy Harris, Music Minister David Crawford, Children's Minister Tiffany Tankersley, Sunday School Superintendent Deborah Sloan. At-large members of the church council, Harry Kelly, Diane Kaler, Mayor Cobble. Serving on the HR committee, Lay delegate to annual conference, Mike Wilson, lay leader, Jason Denson, John Denson, Elaine McDonald, chairperson, Jason Childers, Jimmy Brooker, Danny Cobble, and Diane O'Brien. Nominations committee, chairperson, Pastor Chris Mullis, Layleader Leader Jason Denson, Scott Ward, Bill Kaylor, Sherry Dixon, Sally Thomas, Amy Crawford, and Angel Kirk. Members of the Board of Trustees, Mary Beth Reno, Jean Coker, Chairperson Marcus Blaylock, Becky Haley, John Adams, Lori Roberts, Mike Kirk, Kyle Marlowe, Scott Denson. Members of the Finance Committee, Chairperson. Kevin Roberts, Lay Member to Annual Conference, Mike Wilson, Chairman of the Church Council, Tom Dixon, Human Resources Chair, Elaine McDonald, Lay Leader, Jason Denson, Chairman of the Trustees, Marcus Blaylock, Treasurers, Jeff McDonald and Donna Phillips, Financial Secretaries, Gene Coker, Teresa Marlowe, Deborah Sloan, and At-Large Members, Becky Ward, Bob Brooker, and Stephen Weed. Members of the Operation Mercy Drops Committee Mike Wilson Chairperson Selena Weed Kelly Scruggs and Andrea Adams. Other leaders of our church Vice Treasurer Donna Phillips, Altar Guild, Kay Fetzer, Church Historian, Rita Wagers, Librarian, Becky Ward, Nursery Coordinator, Laurie Wilson, Coordinator of Ushers, Mike Marlowe, Sunday School Secretaries, Ron Phillips, and Johnny Denson. Coordinator of Special Events, Marie Jordan, Angel Kirk, Deborah Sloan. Coordinator of Family Night Suppers, Angel Kirk. Prayer Coordinator, Sherry Dixon. Alternate lay delegate to annual conference, Laurie Wilson. Memorial Garden Committee, Elaine McDonald, Kay Denson, and Jimmy Brooker. Coordinator of Scouting Ministries, Frank Fetzer. New, two new committees this year, the Affiliation Study Team, also known as the A Team, Deborah Sloan, Elaine McDonald, Harold Brooker, Kay Denson, Kevin Roberts, Kyle Marlowe, Mike Wilson, Selena Weed, who's the recorder, and Tom Dixon, who's the chair. And the Disaffiliation Team, also known as the D Team, chairperson Bill Kaler, Jason Denson, Marcus Blaylock, Mary Beth Reno, and Rita Wagers. These are the leaders of our church. Please be in prayer for them and be willing to help. Just because they're the leaders doesn't mean that they do all the work. They need your help. To close the service today, I'd like for us to pray for them. I would like for you to come forward to the altar, all of you to come forward to the altar as we pray for these leaders of the church. Lord God, I give you thanks for those persons who served in 2022 in the various roles of the church leadership. Thank you for their faithfulness. Thank you for the decisions that were made and the agony and prayer that was put into those decisions. We could not be your people the way that we are today without their work. Lord, we also want to lift up those persons who will be serving in the coming year. In the various committees of the church. And finance, trustees, church council, HR, nominations. Um, and the various other committees and teams of the church and roles. Lord, uh, we pray that you would give each one your wisdom. Give them a spirit of humility and compassion. A true desire to, to uh, build your kingdom as opposed to building our own kingdoms or our own uh, promoting our own ideas, help us, help these leaders to be part of, to be an answer to the Lord's prayer. Whenever we pray, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Pray that you will equip the leaders of our church with that ability to help us move closer and closer to your will being done on earth as it is in heaven. Help us as a church congregation to support them and pray for them in their decision making and to lend a helping hand uh, so that they don't feel that the work must be done all by them. Lord, remember, help us to remember that we're not just here to enjoy a pretty service on Sunday morning, but we are here to do your work. And we are all here to do your work. And these are the leaders that you have appointed to lead us in doing it. Thank you, Father, for their faithfulness. We pray your spirit upon them. And we pray it in the name of the Trinity. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.